your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. Welcome into the Ask Level Podcast, episode number 25. Hit a quarter of a hundred of these alongside Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. Appreciate you joining us once again. And uh, we could call it another happy episode as uh, Red Raiders most recently coming off of a win in basketball, a home win, like that two in a row at home for Texas Tech. And uh, of course, lots of other news types of things coming out. Zach Thomas finally gets in the Hall of Fame. Patrick Mahomes gets his second MVP. Uh, Big 12, big news. Uh, Texas and OU will go ahead and leave the conference early. We'll get into all of that here and a few questions from you. First level, how are we doing today? Doing good. Uh, doing good. Uh, nice to see the Red Raiders, uh, you know, get, finally get one uh, after, you know, just some tumultuous times. And, uh, but, you know, That's just kind of, and against, uh, and against, I mean, a good team. I mean, Kansas State top. I think ranked 12th, uh, their net ranking was around 17 or 18. I mean, this is a legit three or four seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so, um, and I mean, I don't know how Vegas has it figured out, man, but uh, the <laughs> fact that Vegas, well, they, they, they had, they had Kansas state, they weren't, they weren't perfect here, but it really told you a lot that, that Kansas state was only favored by like a point. And, it, right. and in some places it was a pick them and I was not even sure who was actually going to play for you uh, before that game because uh, I, I wasn't sure about Daniel Bacho and Fardaz Amak. I just didn't know what the status was going to be there, and so that that part I was like, "Geez, this is you know, you're going to have to try to match up maybe without really a true post or your freshman post uh, player." Um, you know, players, I guess, and, yeah. and maybe have lean on Robert Jennings, but anyway, yeah, but it, it was Kansas state. Like I said, they're, they're really good. Uh, that that's probably going to be considered by a bad loss for them, according to, to most, but probably it's still, it's still difficult to, to win in Lubbock. Uh, I think Iowa state found that out and Kansas state found that out and Kansas state's another top 20, you know, it, it, it's just, if we, it, it's just, if we go back to earlier in the week, I mean, you're, you know, you're getting kind of put away in Stillwater. I think Oklahoma sure. State was up by as many as 14 in the second half. And Jeff Haxton and I are on the broadcast and I'm like, man, it's starting to get away from you. And you just don't have a lot of firepower here uh, to try to get back in it. But Oklahoma State, they, they're not the most prolific offensive team in the conference and maybe one of the worst, as a matter of fact, but one of the best defensive teams in the Big 12. And yet you come all the way back and, and have a chance to send that to overtime or win that game, if not for a missed blockout, which was just hmm. typical of your season, unfortunately, uh, trying to figure out ways to to lose. But, uh, yeah, you figured out a way to beat Kansas State and you you you, you beat a legit team. Uh, there's yeah. no other way around it. It'd be one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, I, I think, again, we could beat the dead horse here, but it, it speaks to <laughs> – Speaks to the the toughness of this Big 12 league. I mean, went through and looked at the net rankings level earlier this week, and these have changed a little bit since then. But looking through the net rankings of the lowest team in each conference, and and the second best conference is the Big 10. 
compared to the Big 12. And their lowest team is still like 220. Yeah, Texas and your lowest. Tech, yeah. Well, you you were the lowest. You're not you were anymore. The lowest. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma is now, and they're about 75. Right, but 75. That's such a yeah. massive chasm there between <clears throat> the worst team in the Big 12 to the worst team in every other league. I mean, that Louisville's in the 300s for for the ACC. There's, there's... well, the, the the best way to sum up your conversation is I saw this graphic on one of the television broadcasts yeah. over the weekend. You probably saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. The average net ranking of, of of teams in the league, it's like the Big 12 is like 27th, 26th or yeah. so. The next clo- closest was, I think, the Big 10, and their average net ranking was like 53. Right. And then, and then you get into the 90s with your average net rankings. And again, for those that don't understand what a net ranking is, this is so much more important than any top 25 AP USA Today poll or whatever. Because this is actually the number that the NCAA looks at the selection committee to 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 put teams in the tournament and how to seed them based on the net rankings because it involves quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four wins, but all all that data and it it, it creates uh, you know a ranking, if you will, and so that's really the most important ranking that there is, and it's it's the you know you could be ranked second in the country, but you could have a net ranking of eighteen whatever the net ranking is actually much more vital to your resume than what any kind of top 25 ranking would be but uh yeah uh and lo and behold you get uh the seventh uh i think best team according to the net rankings uh dropping into your place for a little big monday game in the (laughs) texas longhorns which theoretically and that'll lead us into a, a separate conversation later on in the show here could be the last time that they are here. True. Very it true. Could, it could be the last time that they are here. There's no guarantees that they will make a return trip to Lubbock. So we'll we'll okay. get into that when the time comes. I'll explain yeah. when we uh when we go get a little bit uh, deeper into the weeds here. So yeah, as we, we kind of look towards the Longhorns, which by the way, if you if you're listening to this later than Monday in the week, this this game would have already happened. But you know, the ifs and buts game, you could play it all the time of, man, if this would have broken your way or just the this and that, the what ifs part is is endless for this Texas Tech basketball team this year. And <laughs> I mean, just just the thought of finishing up that conversation about the conference, if you're playing in any other power five league, you could definitely make a case that Texas Tech's probably a tournament team in any other league. Or middle of the pack, certainly. Instead yeah, I mean, of like I, looking well, up at everybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not you're probably not sitting at two and ten in any other league for sure. But but um, it, well and, and choice that I, I think what too is that and look, people only care about results. And that's that's exactly. the way it should be. It it doesn't, you know, th- this is a separate conversation in that, you know, winning and losing is really all that matters here. That they, they have struggled, they have figured out yeah ways to lose there is improvement being shown at certain levels and and and, but it's painful to kind of watch watch how slow it's been at times um especially when you've been shorthanded because one of the biggest issues with this basketball team is is legitimately not knowing who's available game in and game out you know like like the, the pop isaacs being out uh, you know, the Fardaw is kind of being in and then back out. Uh, Daniel Bacho kind of being hit and miss. Uh, and then, you know, d- dealing with trying to like, okay, what's best for us to run with this personnel versus what's best for us to run with this personnel? Because I think right. they will try to do 
do different things based on who is available. And and it's, and again, it looks bad at times. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I don't, sorry, I'm battling the, uh, you know, the, the stuff. Yeah. It's, it's going around, but real quick, there's a question on Bacho from the audience. Someone just asked simply on, in the uh, game against Kansas state, what, what exactly did happen to Daniel Bacho? Why was he not uh, in the lineup for the Red Raiders? Okay, if I can talk now. You're all good, man. Sorry. Yeah, so sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I I think uh, lower leg injury is, I think, the official word. Uh, I don't know status of him going forward. I wasn't even certain that Fardoz was actually going to play versus Kansas State. Sure. Uh, but he did, and and I think, uh, you know, gave you 22 minutes, but nearly 23 minutes, and, you know, just scores a, a bucket and, you know, has one rebound, and so it was kind of inefficient, but at least he gave you some some quality minutes, and he used up some of his, uh, some of his fouls there because he did have uh, four personal fouls. Uh, but, um, and again, he had not played. I mean, half the games that he's played uh, have been against Kansas State. So he had not played against right. or any games he'd missed five in a row. The last game that he'd played was against Kansas State in Manhattan. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so wh- where it goes, can, can Fardos play on a Saturday, return on a Monday? Is, it, is his foot sore? Is Bacho available? Great question. I have no idea. Sure. But that's the status with, uh, with Bacho. So – you mentioned the word improvement. We saw improvement from game one against Kansas State to game two against Kansas State. Tech played fairly well in Manhattan the first time around, but couldn't close out a victory. You do so in Lubbock. Texas, another team you played pretty well against on the road in Austin, definitely in the first half. Let the weed lead dwindle away and, and ultimately lost that game late. Is this a team that uh, you look at and say, hey, them in your house, this, this is a very winnable game? Well, I, I I don't know if I want to say winnable. You're going to have a chance. I think it's probably in some ways good that they, they are here in just a short turnaround because you feel pretty good about yourself all of a sudden and you've sure. got some positive momentum and you don't really have time to sit back and even appreciate it you just yeah. you're you're right back at it but you know UT is a bit of a different animal I mean I they think <clears throat> I think when 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 everybody's healthy uh I think Baylor and Texas probably have the best rosters in the Agreed. Big 12 conference I think uh I think Texas just they have a little bit of everything that you're looking for as does Baylor in my opinion I think there's been some injuries and some different things that have kind of kept guys in and out of the lineup but yeah, Texas just is an older team, and uh, I think they'll be. I just I have those memories of of the environment last year mm-hmm. uh, when Texas came in here for for obvious reasons. I don't know, have any idea what the environment will be like versus Texas. But again, if you if you get that game, um, you know you're you're going to be back on some sort of like NIT bubble or sure. even on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament because every game that you're playing is basically a quad one game and those are the hardest games on paper that the NCAA tournament committee looks at uh you still have so I mean you've got to win the majority of your games left I'm just saying because of who you're playing here and how meaningful those games are with the data 
if you win a couple in a row, you start to enter into some different conversations, right. even though you're you're still, as we sit here and talk, you're two and ten in the league. Right. Uh, you know, and I think you'd have to be at least seven and eleven or maybe six and six and twelve. Uh, I think just because the league is so strong to even remotely have a, a slim chance. But you've got a lot of work to do to to get to that point. But uh, but it's because of the wins that you could potentially get count extra just because they're so I do. Uh, but, but but yeah, Texas is you you played them to the you know, right there to near the what the last minute in Austin. And I think you obviously you had Pop Isaacs. He played really, really well. You're not gonna have him, I don't think, uh, versus Texas. That's a big, big piece, a uh, big void you're trying to fill. But yeah, any 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 team can be beaten. Uh, especially if you play well enough at home. And I think the Red Raiders, you know, because against Kansas State, they'd been to this point before. Even in Manhattan, they were at that point where they yep. get they get to about the five to seven minute mark left in the game and they just can't quite finish it. Or like we're saying in Austin, they get to the last minute, can't quite finish it. But uh, it's just all about giving yourself a chance and then and then hitting shots and making plays at the end. Uh, and And they did that versus the Wildcats. Uh, one more basketball question from the audience. This one from Brad he says, why does Davion Harmon not go to the rim more often? seems like every time he does, good things happen. Well, and I think you could actually argue that, that there's times where he does it too much. And I, and I say just, you know, tries to, you know, cause I, I don't know if Davion is a natural point guard. I think that he is somewhat of a scorer's mentality. I don't know if he sees certain things uh, like a point guard ultimately should, uh, like off the pick and roll or trying to set guys up or help facilitate. But I think he's done a good job of scoring because ultimately your team is, has needed it. And I think Kansas State really tried to ball apply a lot of ball pressure on him because they know he kind of probes and he finds uh, things. Uh, but I think Davion started to give the ball up and then get it back, which is what created some of his offense versus Kansas State. But I do think he goes to the rim, certainly in transition. Uh, but yeah. I think that uh, it, it, he's not the smallest or not the biggest guy, I should say. So it's hard for him to get in inside and, and attack the rim against some of the the length and athleticism that the Big 12 offers up. It's just, you know, because it can look really bad if you're trying to force some of that. So I think sure. he's trying to find a balance there. I think you saw it a couple of times, a drive and kick to the corner. Williams had a three out of it. O'Banner, I think, had another swing around three. Um, but it started with his his penetration on uh, Saturday night and and uh, ended up in good things for the Red Raiders, ultimately getting the win over Kansas State. All right, uh, shift from the basketball conversation to the big news this week level that uh, OU and Texas – are going to go ahead and exit early. They are going to, as of right now, uh, leave at the end of the 2023-2024 uh, academic year, which would mean as soon as baseball season's over, that sort of thing, uh, they become SEC conference members. Was this a surprise to you? Because it felt like these conversations well, had almost ended, or at least publicly ended, um, a week ago or so. Yeah, I, I guess... Um... Th this news ultimately doesn't surprise me. Any level of surprise actually comes from a week ago when it was reported 
Right. Hey, I think they're going to be in here because that that part is what surprised me. Sure. I was not expecting that at all. This ultimately what has happened here is the end result that I did expect. Uh-huh. And so we just had a kind of a the timing, I guess, is what felt like it, a surprise. It, it was to it. it was all negotiation. It was yeah. all like uh, bluff calling. It was all mm-hmm. you know. I mean that that's ultimately what this came down to because I knew. I knew that Brett Yormark's preference was to allow or, or to to move on from Oklahoma and Texas as quickly as possible, as long as it made sense for all involved. They clearly found something that worked for all parties mm-hmm. that everybody was okay with: the TV partners, the 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 two leagues, the the conference, uh, you know, just just everybody involved here. And I think you know the Big Twelve gets some money. They also get the freedom of not having to because I don't know if you knew this or not. Uh, they, they've actually been having conference meetings, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with athletic directors and, and all these things. They actually have been having two different sets of meetings: uh, one that involves uh, Oklahoma and Texas, and then one that involves everybody else with the with the new league going forward. And so they're trying to figure out they're trying to handle business and trying to figure out the future of what this league. And, and trying to conduct business, whether it's be, you know, expansion or future championship sites or, you know, whatever it may be. And I think that they were just ready to kind of move on and conduct business, uh, you know, without Oklahoma and Texas and that, you know. And, and I want to ask you this question. Happy day or sad day when you find out they're ultimately going to be out sooner than later? You you you, you glad? You you ready to move on? You, uh, happy, you sad. I, I'm ready to move on, but I wanted to make sure the Big Twelve got theirs out of it. Like I I did not want to do see Texas or OU get any favors out of it, and it didn't seem that that was the case with them paying the hundred million dollars out. So um, I, I'm ready to get to the next era of the Big Twelve. That being said, I'll miss the rivalries. That's one of the great things about yeah. sports. Um, I mean, there, there's nothing that really. I mean, quite frankly, there's nothing that gets the juices flowing like when texas comes to town it's just look at the atmosphere last year and part of it was chris beard hate but but i mean anytime they're they're here for football great atmosphere anytime they're here for basically anything people love to yell at people and burn orange so <laughs> yeah. uh it's it's a hobby of mine personally but i i don't know i well and and that's so, what i'll miss and, and so to to follow up on that i mean like whenever texas comes into to town here early this week from a basketball standpoint theoretically mm-hmm. you, you just don't know I, I doubt this is going to be the case but it is definitely possible that you will not play them in Lubbock in basketball next year if, if you keep an 18 schedules. if you keep an 18 game yeah. schedule yeah and you've got 14 teams in it if you play everybody twice that's 26 games I think if I'm doing the math right well you're not going to play 20, you know, six league games. You're only going to play 18 is what they're kind of suggesting. Sure. And so you could theoretically, you may play every team once, but what if that one time you play Texas is in Austin, you know, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of uh, dynamics there. Uh, I would hope that you keep that as a home and home, at least for one more year, but there's no, there's just no, you're not real sure because that's the next, See, and that's part of why the conference part of it is trying to figure out it's tricky. What, what is our basketball schedule going to look like? What is baseball schedule? Because, like? I mean, we've got the football schedule, but now they need to kind of start to to move on. Uh, yeah. But 
so I guess you know, with with the news of Oklahoma, Texas, I mean, you're done playing Oklahoma in football. Like the, their their trip here, and you 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 beat them. That that'll be it. I don't envision them on your schedule anymore, unless it's a bowl game or some sort of neutral site situation or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's that ship has sailed. So. I mean, we're, we're starting to kind of get some closure on all this stuff rather quickly when we've been wanting it. Now, all of a sudden, things are starting to fall, fall in place. And now now the Big 12 is is going to be on the hunt for uh, additions. And it's just a matter of when and how and, and and whatever that might look like. Yeah, I think that's the other news that's, that's come out kind of as a parallel to the Big 12 news this week mm-hmm. is, is the Pac-12 and what's been going on there and the unrest towards George Klyovkov, the the uh, commissioner over there, Arizona State's athletic director, kind of somewhat publicly vocal about the, the frustrations and uh, meetings at SMU. I mean, they go from denying the Big 12 schools essentially a year ago to going and looking at SMU as a possible member institution. institution. So there's a lot of you know weird, murky future for the Pac-12. Is the are the doors back open on on poaching there? If you're if you're Brett Yormark, oh, I I think I think his, I I, I think it it would be naive to suggest that his main goal, or or or, or not to suggest, I should say, I want to make sure I phrase that correctly. I I, I think he's in the business of trying to destroy the Pac-12. Now, like it's not that that may be just collateral damage. I think ultimately he would love to to poach and 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 solidify his mm-hmm. league for big picture and if that means that the Pac-12 kind of falls apart then you know hey sorry about it you know but that yeah you know that that's the reality of it and and it comes down to the conversation choice about I mean let's be honest we talk about these quote unquote four corner schools do you even know why they call it that because of the four corners in Utah Arizona yeah New Mexico it's, and Colorado. I, I, I'm, I've got tired head from hearing they all, the four corners. They all touch school. each other. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, you know, it, it's like the four corner schools. It's just like this realignment term that is just like everybody's. Just, it's easier than listing them all. I guess time, so. Right? I guess so. Yeah. But I get it. I get it. But We've Oregon and Oregon and Washington are the head of the list. I mean, but. So what are the odds that the Big 12 could land those two schools? Well, it, that depends on what the Big 10 wants. The Big 10 is going to get to call the shot here. And then. But a brand new commissioner there. Or when, will do they, do they even have. Exactly. They don't even have one. Yeah, and so the, t- the timing is all mm-hmm. interesting right now. Because I think if you're Brett Yormark, you have the opportunity to squeeze a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of apply some pressure. Uh, and, and I just can't imagine that Oregon and Washington ultimately at the end of the day are going to sit back and go SMU and San Diego state fix all of our problems. Like we're good. We're going to go get the money that we want. I mean, you're reading these reports out there about how much they, they, they're, they're behind in these conversations from a money standpoint. And, you know, it's a no brainer that if the big 10 were to invite those two, two schools, they would jump at it. But you know, uh, and and if so, that that ends the pack pack twelve. You sure, know, it, it does, and then and then you 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 start to figure out what what is uh, what is best for you on who to add. So all of these things are kind of linked up, and it's it's tricky because I don't think uh, Gonzaga and the UNLVs or whoever is going to have to wait uh, because yeah. I think that you know the 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 main folks that you would love to add, and I don't I I don't pretend to know 
would they add just two? Would they add four? Would they go? Would they go more than that? It probably all depends on who who it is and what's available and what right. what it comes with. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, that's next on the agenda now. You know, because I think that you, you've you've heard Brett Yormark say, "TV deal done." figure out Oklahoma and Texas's future as quickly as we can mm-hmm. and expansion are, are my list to get done. And he's checked off one and two. So expansion now moves to the top of the list because he's been getting stuff done rather quickly. So just from a, you know, football, what, what Chris level would want to see if you got to pick and say, this is what I want my big picture, big 12 to look like. What additions would you want to see made? Well, if if I got to uh, Galley, I think that's a that's a loaded question because I think if you if you could somehow add your organs and Washingtons and the mm-hmm. four corner schools, if you want to for me yeah. to, you know, overuse that term again, that's probably ideally. But I don't know what that's supposed to look like when you've got an eighteen yeah. team league, which is what Oof. it would be, because you would be kind of a mega. But I would also say that I would probably even like trim Colorado out of the picture. I don't know if there's some, they just kind of fit geographically, but I don't know if you got to pick it. And I I would even say that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe one of the Arizona schools you would cut out if you got, I I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like what, what are the parameters? Like, do we, can we add as, as many as we want? Do we, but I, I just think like the Utah's, the Washington's, the Oregon's and maybe university of Arizona, those are like stable, yeah, rock solid markets, uh, programs, brands, all right. those things. And I think that that all makes a ton of sense. But I think, you know, does Colorado and Arizona State kind of come with? I, I just don't know. I'm not interested in this the the cows and the Stanfords, the Washington States or the Oregon States. That that, you know, you can miss me with all that. But it, you know, uh, I I'm wondering, like, is that a point where if you get to a 16-team or 18-team conference, does it get just too saturated? Because right yeah, now I, you're extremely intimate with your your yeah. other members. You get to no, know them I, I get very it, well. But, but you but, also you also can't if you have an opportunity to add those. Oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah, I just don't you know if to. you could pass some of that stuff up, and then I think you figure out the rest. But yeah, you're right. It, it could be wildly confusing on. Yeah, how the schedules work in divisions? Do you have basically two conferences within one? Giant well, I mean, or, I don't. Right know. now in the SEC, you got teams that don't play each other for yeah for, every four, or like, five, eight years. Yeah, you got like whatever. eight yeah. year gaps between playing at different places and yeah, stuff. So I mean, that's right. and that's fourteen teams. You get to sixteen or eighteen, it could really. But at the same time, like you said, if if the money makes sense, it, there's some things you just have to pull the trigger on, and and uh, it'll be very yeah. interesting to watch what what Brett Yormark does and what Pac-12 and Big Ten, all, all of the dominoes that have to fall. But it's going to be interesting to watch over the next few months and probably still years. So well, it, it, it'll it'll start to shake out fairly quickly, I think. Uh, I, I can't tell you if it's a matter of days, weeks, or months, but I because the Pac-12 is on the clock. They've been on the clock. That's why they're out true. scouring potential candidates. And then at some point, Klyavkov is going to say, because you don't need to go check out SMU. I mean, no. uh, you know, you, you already know what you're getting there. Uh, you know, are they willing to take less? Hell yeah, they're willing to take less. They'll, they'll answer whatever 
that if you want to call them at three in the morning, they're going to take that call and say, I do. Uh, but SMU booty call. It, it, it really comes down to what the rest of those institutions, what they're willing to sign off on. Yeah. You know, and like, okay, am I willing to, to cast my lot with this collection of schools and offer up a grant of rights or whatever and lock myself in? And I just don't buy that that is the case at this point. I just, I don't buy it. I may be wrong. But I, I don't buy the fact that they would, uh, you know, some of these institutions would say, yes, lock me into a conference with San Diego State and SMU for the next five to seven years with not as much money as maybe we were getting or same as and with the chances that we could get offered from some other leagues. And then we don't we can't say yes. So I, I just I don't I don't believe that 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 will happen. And. I mean, basically, ESPN's bidding against itself in terms of the the media rights at this point with the well, Pac-12. Yeah, well, that's so, when, that's why they've gone over to Amazon. Yeah, so yeah, they needed an outside entity. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it was I thought it was pretty telling. This is a mad commissioner. Whenever he kind of takes a subtle shot at Brett Yormark and says something <laughs> to the effect of, "Well, our 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 deal is less because it's like if somebody across the street from you sells their house for a lot less, it kind of screws you over. This is what Klyavkov said about the big <laughs> 12 TV deal. And because Brett Yormark, he skipped to the front of the line and he, yeah. he just, he looped them. And, and maybe there was more money to be had, but I think Yormark went for security and burned the hand and got up front because at that point he now is in control. Sure. Klyavkov has no leverage. They have no Scrambling. control. Exactly. And I think that that was an important kind of chess move uh, that, that he was willing to make because it, it in theory, it could end up ending Klyavkov's conference. So yeah. we, we'll see and, how it plays out. Yeah. It's, but I thought, it's I thought it, tells you, it tells you a lot when you got some sour grapes. Oh, yeah. and it's been funny to see Klyavkov towards your mark when really his buddy in the Big Ten is the one who screwed him over the most and and by taking the, the LA schools and he had never said anything bad about him, but yeah. I mean, that's it, yeah, no big deal there. Uh, so now the other, the last bit of news that, that came out this past week was some huge news for a lot of Red Raider fans everywhere. Uh, the Zach Thomas getting into the hall of fame after four years of being a finalist finally gets into the pro football hall of fame. Patrick Mahomes gets his second MVP award as well. And uh, within Texas minutes of Tech each other, yeah, yeah, within, within within minutes of each other, yeah. I, I think uh, you know I've I've met Zach several times, uh, know his brother Bart really well, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think uh, you know Zach played at Tech whenever I was going to school there, and so I remember oh, yeah. those games well. Um, you know him running into the bell after the interception against A and M, and all those <laughs> kinds of things when when you were really good at defense. You know, and he was playing with Marcus Coleman and Monte Rager and, you know, all, all those Sean Banks and yep. all, all those guys. Uh, but, but it, you know, and I was a Cowboy fan and I thought it was, it was fun watching Zach play for the Cowboys. And obviously he did most of his damage with the Dolphins. And I think Jimmy Johnson has always said, you know, that this guy is one of the smartest, most uh, instinctual football players that I've ever been around, which for Jimmy Johnson to say that is, is a mouthful because he Absolutely. was around a lot at the university of Miami and with the Cowboys and, 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 and the like, but uh, there's a picture that I've seen of Zach. I'm sure you've seen it as well, where when he's kind of told the news mm-hmm. and, and he's just, you could tell he's overcome with emotion 
And it really just, that really hits you. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it hits, it hits, it hits you because th this is everything to these guys. They can't do any more on the field. You know, their career is over and they're just like this stupid process of only so many guys that get voted in and, you know, and, and the game is completely different now than it was. And some yeah. stats are different and, you know, the NFL is very particular about their, their Hall of Fame uh, process, kind of like the uh, – whereas the basketball kind of lets everybody in. Sure. And there's Baseball. no rhyme or reason to it. And they have like a basketball Hall of Fame and it, you could be overseas. You could be yeah. a college guy. You could be an NBA guy. You could whatever. But, yeah, the, the MLB and, in, and NFL, well, they, they do it a bit trickier. And it's kind of – Pretty exclusive, yeah. And, and, it, and it's frustrating at times. Sure it is. But I, I, I was really pleased for Zach and his family because he he deserves it. I think he was, you know, a prototypical middle linebacker in that he just was always around the football. Mm -hmm. And he's a prototypical Red Raider from the standpoint of never the fastest, never the biggest – uh, but squeezed everything out of his, you know, uh, what he was given. And I think that's what, uh, you know, he, he deserves a ton of credit, man. I mean, yeah. I, I just so very, very happy for him and for obviously Pat too. He's the best player in the NFL right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He is. And he's been such a great face for uh, the franchise on the other side of our franchise, the program, Texas tech program uh, for on the other side of being a red Raider. So it's, it's awesome to see, all of that great news for the Red Raiders there. Uh, one last question from Matt. He asks, Level, what's your favorite Super Bowl food? If you got to pick one, what are you going with? You a party nine, guy or you nine, you nine layer dip? I don't know if you're messing with me or not. No, I'm not. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why you would be saying that. No, nine well, layer I dip don't... would be one of my favorite. <laughs> well, like what's in the nine layers? You never heard of that? I've seen it. I've never tried it. I, yeah, I, it's it's like a it's like a it's like bean dip, guacamole, like a layer of cheese, olives, like a sour cream concoction. Uh, there's a green onion layer. Uh huh. Yeah, there's you know anyway, just dip it. It's just yeah, it's really good. You dip Fritos or tortilla chips in, it and it's got you got a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, no, I'm a. How you get like deep enough if there's nine layers to get get all you need to? Well, you just yeah. Well, they're not like thick layers. They're okay. all just like a layered in the little dish that you make it with. So you could buy it at the store. It's I mean, just an those, everything dip. Places. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the go to of all. Of you've the... never you've never heard of that? I have heard of it. I've just oh, okay. never had it. I've seen it at yeah, the store. No, I, I think it, it's okay. a it's a it's a typical tailgate. Okay uh super bowl kind of i just i wasn't know. expecting that answer i thought you typically know, typically at my house typically at my house we do nachos and milkshakes that's typically our when it's just my family we do we do not together we nachos and milkshakes yeah so you eat the nachos while drinking the milkshake sure yeah and, and like or like a malt you know whatever yeah that's just yeah an yeah. unusual combo but i'm not not judging Again, and nachos and, nachos and are a meal there's actually a place in the midwest you've never heard of this combination either there's a place in the midwest i'm sure i remember exactly where it is but their famous cuisine is chili and cinnamon rolls okay i have heard this only yeah. because they go together our, our buddy clint like, scott is a weirdo from the midwest and he told okay. me about the chili and cinnamon rolls together yeah. i'm like you guys are freaks so yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the nachos and milkshakes, I would, I would definitely try it. Now you, nachos are a meal, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. You yeah. got a friend that's still extremely uh, confused. He's on not, that, but that's not okay. really my, he's not really my friend. That's true. But... Colleague is a better <laughs> word for it. Yeah. All right, yeah. level. Well, uh, enjoy your day. Hopefully we get to talk some more winning. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, and sorry for my voice is kind of jacked up Been, oh, no, been battling good. the been battling the crud, but uh, tried to play her today, but apologize for that. But yeah, thanks for, uh, yeah, we're, we're old enough. You said episode 25, we're old enough 25. to go rent a car and That's everything. Right. We're, we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> no doubts. Level, have a good week, man. Hey, thanks, Woodman. Appreciate it. Keep hope alive. That's Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. You've been tuned in to the Ask Level podcast powered by Double T 97.3. You've been listening to the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3.